0: Spring it on with 40 to 70 percent off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Matching styles for the family are
1: on sale too. Shop it all through April 12th. 19 Department of Public this is Donald Parham of the LA Chargers, and you're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay Three, two, one
0: This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolfenstein and
1: Jake Hepburn. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Kepner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Charger, Bold Family, Tick Pick, and Golden Road Brewery. Dan Wolkenstein's Super Bowl 56 is just a short two weeks away. You would love it if we were talking about the Chargers being able to participate in such event, of course, of it being in LA. But we're not. Instead, they are... Witnessing their counterparts participate, the Los Angeles Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals. But, Dan, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about that. As we stated last week, we kind of put a bow on the 2021 NFL season that was for the Los Angeles Chargers. And we are hip deep in what some would call excrement, but we are hip deep in the 2022 offseason, looking towards everything there. Of course, this week you have big-time events with the East-West Shrine game and, of course, the Senior Bowl taking place this week. Uh, some deadlines that are on the horizon as it relates to the franchise tag. Big notable names as it relates to that subject coming up. Beyond that, you have the Combine. You have the NFL Draft. You have free agency. There's a lot to look forward to in these next several weeks, and that is what Dan Wolkenstein and myself will be talking about over these next several episodes. But First and foremost, as usual, Dan. How the hell are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, I will say, I feel like there's a lot of people,
0: especially in Chargers community, who are a little in their feelings about this upcoming Super Bowl. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, I, 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 I'm kind of not. Like, I kind of like respect to Joe Burrow. I like my quarterback, but respect to Joe Burrow. Like, the kid's done. Very, he's a very good quarterback. You can't take anything from that. The Rams have a really cool story with how many things that have happened to them this year, where they've kind of come through. I mean, Cam Akers, my goodness, Odell Beckham, Matt Stafford, Von Uh, Miller—it's—it's a cool story. And I really don't care about like, oh, now the LA Chargers are the second team. Like, just it's not that big
1: a deal. It is nice to see enjoy the game and just block out the narratives.
0: It is nice to see some new blood in the Super Bowl. It's refreshing. We've now heard that Tom Brady has now officially retired. Good riddance. Uh, Respect to him for how well he has played and his success in the NFL, but I am ready for a Tom Brady-less NFL. Just going to say that. Um, But it's weird. So Super Bowl 56 coming up. Uh, Chargers are not in it, but LAFB will be well-representing at Radio Row the whole week leading up to the Super Bowl myself, Ryan, a few other folks from the network will be there. Uh, So he has some fun things going there. And for all we know, there may be some chargers that are there. May have some special guests coming. uh, Some events coming up. So stay tuned for that. But to answer your question, Jake, I'm doing very, very good. Um, How are you doing?
1: Bro, like you said, you get new blood in the Super Bowl. It's not (laughs) the typical Brady, Roethlisberger, Mahomes, uh, rogers type candidates that anybody thought that was going to be there it's mm-hmm. new it's refreshing it's a super bowl that i could actually sit down and enjoy and not have to root very heavily against another team and be disappointed with the result. Nice. Right. <laughs> so dude, it's, it's, it's great. I'm going to enjoy these next two weeks. As Dan said, with what's going on with radio row, there's a lot that's coming up, uh, especially after this week with the East rest shrine game and the senior bowl, we already have guests that are lined up for next week that we will be doing, uh, how would you say it? A, a recap of the results that are going to be coming of this week. And of course, who were the the players that shine the most? But but more importantly, who are the players that the Chargers should be keeping eyes on? So uh, looking forward to that. Very. We much have some we
0: have some fun stuff planned for next week. Uh, let's just <laughs> let's just call it yes. that for now. Uh, some people who know a thing or two about college football uh, and about the Senior Bowl and and have quite the experience uh, doing so. So today, Jake Chargers content. That's what the people are here for. There's so many things the Chargers need to do this offseason. I mean, last, last episode, we kind of to set the stage of what kind of needs to be done, where the priorities lie for the Chargers. How, like, just to kind of set everything up, like how, you talk, like last episode, you talked about the Chargers and Tom Telesco and like how this is like the hottest of hot seats that he is on. No question. When
1: does the grade for him start? You're talking about for this upcoming season? Yeah. (sighs) To be fair to Tom Telesco, I don't think you could really give him. I don't think you could really start giving him a grade until after the draft passes, because these are the two biggest things that obviously are telltale signs of where his mindset is going to be. He's never had this much draft capital before since his time being as a GM. He's never had this much cap space to work for since he's being a GM. So how is he going to utilize it? And and that's the biggest question. Obviously, his priorities, as he and Brandon Staley have both said, is that they want to re-sign some of their own. And there are some key names that they along with the rest of the Chargers fan base, would like to see dawning the powder blues once again. Kaiser White, Mike Williams, and Osu, Justin Jones, just to name a few. There are a few more in there, but those are some of the biggest names that you can think of right off the top of your head. But it's beyond that. Because, yes, it's great that you can retain your own. We've seen what it's like with those players already on this team. But this team needs to get dramatically better. And especially when you've seen philosophies and a lot of the things that have been thrown Tom Telesco's way, especially in the Chargers fan base on Twitter, when you look at what let's just take it for example, again, this is where the narratives have been coming from all this 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 week. But when you look at what the Cincinnati Bengals did, even though they decided to not prioritize their offensive line really that much in the offseason with their star quarterback coming off of a huge knee injury just so happened those moves ended up getting Rashawn Slater to the Chargers at number 13. But that's a whole different story. But even with the offensive line that they have, they went out and they still spent money in free agency. They got some key defensive pickups that really have made huge impacts for their Super Bowl run. You look at the Rams. The Rams have been a team that has operated on a different philosophy for the last several years. You feel like they're all in every season. Now, is that long is that sustainable long term? No, it is not. Have they done a good job of developing the draft picks they had when we haven't been talking about a first round draft pick for the Rams in years? Yes, they've done a good job at that as far as player development goes and free agents and knowing what it is that they have and knowing that whoever it is that they bring in in free agency that they can make bring in and make an impact. So there's a lot of different philosophies here. And Tom Telesco is in the minority when it comes to, you know, not necessarily spending big on free agents because I think he's gotten better at that. But I think it's the, I think it's the amount and where he prioritizes it is the really big question. Because if you were to look at this and this is the biggest season for that, To me, it's been years since Tom Telesco has sufficiently put priority into the interior of this defensive line. It took him forever just to fully prioritize the offensive line. Finally, he did that and he swung big. You changed four fifths of the offensive line from 2019 or excuse me, 2020 to 2021, and it paid huge dividends. They
0: went from like the arguably the worst offensive line in the NFL to above average.
1: Correct. Better than probably what we we thought that they would be in a year yep. one with that type of combination and that type of turnover on the offensive line. The same philosophy needs to be taken in, into the interior of this defensive line, possibly the secondary. There's there's <laughs> a couple different places that you could prioritize it, but this is this is actually the best part about this because wherever the priorities go this is what's going to make the draft that much more interesting because i know everybody's focus is interior defensive line that has to be the draft pick number one and i don't argue that fact because there's a strong argument to be had but there is we're not just an interior defensive line away from a super bowl we're just not the depth for this team was another issue that reared its ugly head for tom telesco You have 11 picks in this upcoming draft. Am am I or anybody else that should be expecting to hit on every single one? No, that's not going to happen. It's not realistic. Uh, Very few teams hit on every single one of their draft picks. But you want to have enough contributors. Dan, when we were talking about it last week, you look at just the comparison alone between the 2020 draft that Tom Telesco had and last year's draft. And the contributors that you had in a one-year span was very, very good. Again, juries out on some of them that we still haven't seen a lot of them perform yet for the ones from last year. Mark Webb didn't really get that much of an opportunity, but Nick Neiman ended up being a key special teams contributor. Uh, you know, you still would have liked this. I mean, Trey McKitty looks like he's going to develop into a solid blocker. Josh Palmer, what he's going to possibly develop into. And you look at that group along with Asante Samuel and Rash- Rashawn Slater of that draft class, the nucleus as of right now looks okay. But damn, you look at 2020 and Justin Herbert is really the only bright spot that you could say that came out of that. And he has had those drafts where it's just like, you know, he's had the saving grace drafts, if you will. The Joey Bosa's that were taken, the Derwin James that were taken, the Justin Herberts that were taken, the Rashawn Slater that fell into his lap. But beyond that, it's hard to find a a draft of his where you could say Yes, they hit here, they hit here, they hit here. You want an easy comparison? Look at what look at the Chiefs draft classes, not just who they took with their first pick. Go back and look at their last 3 or 4 draft classes and there are 4 to 5 guys in some of their drafts that are key contributors to their team right now. And that's how you have to build. And even when you look at the Rams, with the limited amount of draft picks that they have had, and they don't have a first round draft pick again until 2024, (laughs) but with the limited amount of draft picks that they've had, they've known the guys that they've wanted and they have the personnel to, in order to develop them properly and they're contributing on their team. So Tom Telesco is, yes, he is on the hottest seat that he has ever felt going into this season, because with this amount of assets that you have, And this type of draft capital and with the ability to bring in free agents and keep some of your own to make a championship push to go with the likes of Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you have to do this now. Now. So the grade for me, it will be a flexible grade at best, but you'll get the initial grade for me after the draft. That is the fair point to do it. I know everybody's going to, Everybody is going to throw stones at Tom Telesco if in the first five minutes of when that free agency window opens that he hasn't signed somebody, the gauntlet's already going to come down. I can already see it. I can already see it. But to be fair to him, let's just wait until the draft period ends to give our initial grade on it because we can go in a million different ways here. You know, it's it's tough
0: because... I, th- I think we, we kind of talked about it briefly on the last episode, but there are so many paths to success for Tom Telesco and the Chargers this offseason. And like there there's so many scenarios in which you can see the Chargers going. Like the Chargers could go all in on defense in free agency to where they can go all in on offense.
1: And it wouldn't it it wouldn't be in the draft. And it wouldn't be a bad thing.
0: No. Or they can go the opposite. Now I would argue they probably shouldn't go Ooh, that way.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Yeah.
0: But like they could. If they said they wanted to go crazy on wide receiver or they wanted to do some depth on offensive line or you know, running backs, whatever. Like they could. And then they can go all in on defense on the draft. They could do a blend of both. They can get creative with like how they want to figure out this wide receiver situation potentially they could look to the draft to potentially replace Mike Williams or they can keep Mike Williams and go a different direction. Um, But what I think is going to be important, what I think we are going to have, we're going to see quickly is I don't think Tom Telesco is now going to be able to draft for the future anymore. I think the last couple of years, he has been like, I think he's had to kind of build this team up again. And he started it with Justin Herbert kind of setting the stage. Then he fixed the offensive line. And kind of that's all kind of leading into the 2022 season. You're now in year three of a bona fide superstar quarterback on his rookie deal. You can't be looking two, three, four years ahead anymore. This is like, we got to get guys that are going to help us win right now. And so the difference from what we saw, saw in the past with some of the guys that we resigned versus now is like, there's a lot shorter there's a lot shorter leash for these decisions that he's making. Like, for example, we looked at the guys across the street, like the Rams, they didn't go out and side Odell Beckham Jr. because of what he's going to bring in 2022. Unless it's we're talking about this playoff run. But the 2022-23 season, that's not why he's here. They can give two shits about that right now. Same with Von Miller. I probably assume Von Miller's not going to be there next year. But they know they need to win right now. And so that's what I'm kind of curious to see this offseason. It's like the guys that they bring in, I don't think it's going to be... I There are certain positions that we need to have depth. And I get that. But then I think you're going to see a lot more of, like, this dude has to start. This guy has to be a huge improvement from what we had in years past. And so, like, I think first check is going to be what happens with Mike Williams. That's going to be the first, like, soundly alarm moment for Chargers Twitter, if you will. And then probably the next one is going to be, like, day one of free agency, which I don't want to get people's hopes up or I don't want to like make people upset, but like, you're probably not going to see one in day one. You're not, you're probably not if you know your GM. So I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm like anxiously optimistic. I mean, I'm always kind of optimistic, but I'm also like realistic with this idea that like, There's no more excuses. There is no more kicking the can down the road. Like, there is no more, like, we're building something here. Wait till next season. Like, this is it. No. And I think that's, you know, there's a lot of people that are calling for Tom Telesco to be let go or to get replaced and all that. And, like, I understand the frustrations because I think everyone is tired of this, like, oh, wait till you see us next year, myself included. But I genuinely think that the entire organization now feels that from Spanos down to Telesco, to Staley, to Herbert, to, you know, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Derwin James. Like these guys are now like enough's enough. Like this is it. um, So I think that's kind of what gets me excited is like the idea of looking at it through the lens of which of these players is going to help this team right now. Like the Josh Palmer pick last year, was not a right-now move last year. No. That was a future pick. Like, the, <laughs> I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense, but, like, it's very, like, sudden, the urgency. It, that it I is. My, re-
1: my retort to you is, are you excited or are you scared? Because I think that there's a, at least if you have been paying attention to Chargers Twitter lately, it feels to me that more people are scared of what Tom Telesco won't do as opposed to the possibilities and with the assets and the draft picks that he could do. And again, this is simple, just going off of past reputation, but let's not forget, this is a GM now that is now hired on his third head coach since he has been with this team. Has had plenty of opportunities to build this team up for the future several times. You go back with the quarterback that you had in Philip Rivers, could never improve the offensive line during the, the tenure that he was here. It took you know, Philip Philip was probably sitting at home on his couch last year watching all the moves that Tom Telesco made for the offensive line last year saying, Why couldn't I get any of that? And wow, he probably was was, he was probably sitting there watching the Raiders game
0: week eighteen and was like, well, uh,
1: kind of used to this. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but, and and then on top of that, Dan, I mean we talked about it again last week when you look at some of the players that Tom Telesco let walk, the Adrian Phillips, the trading up for Kenneth Murray, the letting Denzel Perryman go who had a career year in Las Vegas this year. The after effect of that that has me absolutely terrified that he may be arrogant enough because it does take Tom Telesco a little bit to admit when he's wrong and whether it's on a free agent bust or a draft pick that may not have panned out. He will stick with them until it absolutely needs to be done with. And with Kenneth Murray for the fact that you traded back up in the first round to get him. I'm terrified for the fact that that may just put the blinders on to say, you know what, Kaiser White, you had a fantastic year for us. Nope, 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 nope. nope but nope. we're going to go in a different direction. But that's my point, Dan. That's just my point. Again, I well, you know what it is? is I,
0: I think like the good news that comes from this is I think everyone acknowledges this is like a make or break year from Tom Telesco all the way down to the common folk, you and me. I think everyone recognizes and will acknowledge that like, if they don't win this coming year, and when I mean win, that they don't get in the playoffs and at least win a game, I think would be my version of success. Uh, Things are going to change. And what I think people may be able to get solace in is the fact that this time next year, you're either going to see a playoff team or probably a new GM. Like I don't think you're going to be able to see neither. I just don't. I think people listen. I think Spanos listens. And there's only so much there's only so much he can do when your GM has been given 3 years now with this Phenom quarterback. And new coaching staff insert however many draft picks and free agents and blah, 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 blah. If you can't do it in three years with that quarterback and having a top five offense and statistically almost every category, it seemed with a defensive minded head coach, I don't think there's a scenario in which the Chargers make it past this next season without either a new GM or a playoff winning team. There's no I, way. I agree with that. So, yeah. I think I think that's what people are scared. But I think if you flip that, I think there needs to be at least some level of excitement in the fact that like change is going something is going to change. It's either going to be in a good way, the team's more successful, Tom Telesco's is doing well, more free agency coming in here, bigger splashes, playoff wins, Telesco's extended, or same thing happened this year. Let's just say what it is. Same thing happens in twenty twenty two that happened in twenty twenty one, and we have a new GM. I just I don't see another. I don't see another scenario. There's no way. So take, take 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 that. Like enjoy that. Embrace that. You have one more year. This is a
1: prove it year for everyone. But at least like something's gonna happen. The only thing I would disagree with you on is. That- I'm not so sure that Dean Spanos listens that well. To me, Dean Spanos is like the last kid that gets into class from recess. That's like, oh, I didn't hear the bell ring type of thing. That's who I see Dean Spanos as an owner. Wait, there's there's a bell for recess? Right. It's like, hey, you hear that? No? Okay, whatever. I'll be, you know, we'll we'll hit you with a a late pass in a few minutes. Uh, to me, that's just like Dean Spanos has like, just been a little bit too late to the party on a lot of the things that he's done historically as an owner, whether it's you even go all the way back to the days of AJ Smith or hell, Dan, he was even he wasn't even an intricate part of Marty Schottenheimer's firing. I mean, just questionable things like that. So, you know, you, you would hope from a standpoint like that, that they've righted the ship and you would hope from a standpoint of when you look at what. And I use this just in the the standpoint of being reflective of where the chargers are in Justin Herbert's contract situation right now. But look at what the Chiefs are now going to be paying Patrick Mahomes next year when he's finally off that rookie deal. But hey, for them, they were able to accomplish a lot in that span of time during his rookie deal. They got a Super Bowl out of it.
0: And how many AFC championships?
1: I don't think that they're complaining that much because he ain't going nowhere for a while. And I'm sure a lot more years, the AFC is going to have to run through Kansas city, unfortunately, but just using that as an example, it is such a luxury when you have a quarterback on their rookie deal and what you can do with it. And this year is no better opportunity to build Mm -hmm. around your franchise And make your team a contender, especially when you look at the murderer's row of quarterbacks that you have to contend with in the AFC alone. That's not even talking about what could possibly develop in the NFC. And just in your own division, the path to the playoffs, Dan, we've said this for two years now. The path to the playoffs starts in winning your own divisional games.
0: Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week: Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be eighteen years or older to purchase. Player claim.
1: Chargers started off good doing it, but damn, hey. that second half of the season was awful.
0: They ended up what five five hundred. They won three and th- went three and three. I think they beat the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and lost yeah, to the Chiefs. You Broncos, split.
1: Raiders. You split with each one of your divisional rivals.
0: All right, so sticking with. Uh, <laughs> the Tom Telesco here. I feel like we're having a theme. I'm gonna do a quick
1: Chargers Unleashed has now become the Tom Telesco bash session of 2022. And this isn't necessarily a bash session
0: moving forward. Uh, Corpures. quick little like buy, quick little buy or sell question F- questions for you, Jake, on some scenarios. Okay. Chargers will have a top 15 rushing defense (laughs) in 2022 by sell?
1: It's too early to call right now. Um, and I say that just because of the fact that you, you have Linval Joseph as a free agent. You have Justin Jones as a free agent. How is Jerry Tillery going to develop going into another year in the NFL? Um, well, this Brandon. is just putting your faith in well, no, no, Staley this, this and I, I, I understand that, but you still have to look at all the elements in the equation. You would expect that from your comments that you hear from Brandon Staley, that their number one priority is going to be able to fix that interior of that defensive line. Now, however, means that is that they do it, whether you go out and you spend it on a couple free agents, whether you spend three out of your 11 picks on interior defensive linemen, who knows? But that has to be the thing number one. So they have to do that. Like there's there's no there's no way to me that they could come out at the beginning of May and saying, "Hey, here's what we did over the last two months. What do you think?" And there not be a dramatic shift in the interior defensive line. That would be just a huge failure to me. Do I think it's going to be top fifteen going from where they were this year, which was what, look at 331? okay, look at the offensive line a year ago versus this year. I I, I get that. Here's the good news. Much like we said with the offensive line a year you're... ago, you can't get much worse than what you did this year. So, the really only other direction to go is up. So, I would assume that they're going to get better. Are they going to be top 15? Top 20, top 20, top 20. I'll put them in a top 20. I think, I think right now, here as we stand, I think. Top 15 is a little bit too high expectations.
0: Okay. So you're so you're buying top 20, you're selling top 15. All right. Yes. Uh buy or sell, Mike Williams is going to be a charger in 2022. Mm.
1: See, now this would be this would be interesting. There is there's a lot of reasons to think that Mike Williams could come back next year. The real kicker here is in what form and how long could he be coming back for as we mentioned the deadline for not the deadline but the uh the franchise tag window opens for a number of different players i believe it's on february 22nd and for wide receivers for this year the franchise number is at 18.5 million 18.5 steep steep probably what you would think that that would be around the range that if you were to sell him long term on a year-by-year, that that would probably be the range that it is. Now, for some people out there, they believe that that's too expensive. So other people think that that's the sweet spot, somewhere in that 16 to 18 million, as far as what he deserves, given his full body of work when you assess it. And remember the salary cap
0: for like the franchise tag numbers is what is it's the top five, it's the average of the top five wide receivers or top five at that position. Salary that year. Is that correct?
1: I believe so. Of that year. Yes. Of
0: that year. So basically what we would be doing is we would be paying Mike Williams like a top five wide receiver. In 2022, if we were to franchise him. Correct. And then people wonder, oh, is that too much? So imagine if they imagine if Mike Williams wants an $18 million contract per year for four years or three years. Pick a number. Do you want to pay
1: Mike Williams as a top five wide receiver in the NFL? And that's why I say, in what capacity will the Chargers be bringing him back? Because as Daniel Popper said a bit, said about it, and this is one that I actually see as the most feasible option, to be perfectly honest with you, is that the Chargers end up franchising Mike Williams. And this gives them the, this gives them the option with the most outs. Now, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to see Mike Williams here for a long period of time, but people talk, always reference Mike Williams' injuries that he's had in the past, not being able to complete a full season. This was his best season that he had, and for good reason. He bet on himself. He cashed in on himself. Joe Lombardi really developed him into more than just a, you know, downfield jump ball type receiver. He made him more of a complete receiver this year, and it showed. But if you franchise tag Mike Williams this year, it gives you a couple of options. One, it gives you a little bit more of a window to negotiate a long-term contract. Or if the Chargers do decide to move on, if Joshua Palmer ends up developing into that guy, this gives you that, uh, one more year to see if that is the case, that he's the guy. And then you could walk away from Mike Williams. Or, God forbid, Mike Williams gets injured and you're not locked into a long-term contract however it is that would be the one that would leave the Chargers with the most options now would i like to see mike williams here long term yeah i i would i think the rapport that's been built up between he and justin herbert is great i think you put him in another season healthy with this offense and these coordinators and this coach I, I think you can do some some big time damage as much as we all love and laud Keenan Allen for what he is. You still need a weapon like the, the likes of Mike Williams. You really do. And if it's this Mike Williams that we saw in this year, then yes, 100 percent, I would love to see him back with the Chargers. So you said it buy or sell. Does the Chargers bring back Mike Williams this next coming year? Dan, I'm going to say I strictly am basing this off of Staley's comments. That he said right after the season ended, mm-hmm. he was extremely emotional, and when I say that, I mean as far as the words that he used to describe Mike Williams' year, the competitor in him, or just that game. I think, look, if if the Chargers for some reason do not bring him back, I can tell you right now, 100%, Brandon Staley is going to do everything that he can to do it before that option's even on the table. So I think that Brandon Staley will go to bat for Mike Williams to bring him back next year.
0: So, okay, so the so buy or sell, you think that, so you're going to buy that Mike Williams will be back. I'll buy it. But you would, but are you, if I were to ask the question, buy or sell that Mike Williams is signing a multi-year extension? Well, multi-year contract. I'm kind of thinking I'm selling that. I'm selling it. I'm selling it a little bit. Yeah, I'm I don't leaning think towards happening. selling it. Okay, uh, buy or sell. Chargers will pick a right tackle in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. I'm buying it. I'm buying it, baby.
1: If, really? If, if anybody, look, the, like, again, as we said, this is all circumstantial to what could possibly happen mm-hmm. in free agency. But if we're There's just not a right, highlighting, i
0: right tackle in free agency.
1: Correct. If, if we're just highlighting the right tackle position, obviously we know that that is one thing that drastically needs to improve. Storm Norton obviously is not the answer. Trey Pipkins, while in his few bright shining moments that he gotten this year, looked good. I still think he's just better off as that developmental depth piece for now. So you start looking at okay, well, if the Chargers went free agency route for the right tackles. As of this moment, unless we're going to be talking about people that are getting surprise releases, the free agent market for right tackles right now does not look that good. So automatically your brain goes to the NFL draft. And if you have been watching some of the East West Shrine footage that has been recorded this week or the <laughs> Senior Bowl footage that has been recorded this week, there are some studs for a right tackle option for the Chargers to select, whether it's at 17 or God help me, Mimi saying it now, Dan. The Chargers trade down in the first round. Like I've got one of here. my favorites, Louisiana's Max Mitchell. Love that kid. That kid was pancaking people out there today. But there's the Trevor Penning's of the world. There's the why am I forgetting his first name, Dan? Falele. Uh, I don't know why I'm. I haven't his gotten first to the offensive line right yet. Uh, but there are a lot of options. Now, and again, this is all circumstantial to what could happen in free agency, but you said in within the first two rounds, could the Chargers be taking a, a, a right tackle? 100%. Absolutely. Right, so, you're buying, so you're buying buying right tackle in the first yes. two rounds. Yes, I definitely see that as a possibility. And, and honestly, I wouldn't be disappointed with it, but as I told you off air, I said, okay, if the Chargers are going to take Right tackle X at 17. My follow up sentence is going to be What did they do in free agency to fortify that interior defensive line? <laughs> because it better be good to justify that pick. And you better be telling me that some of the premier interior defensive linemen are off the board when you're making this selection.
0: All right. And last, last one, roster wise. Chargers are going to get their version of Tyreek Hill
1: this offseason. You love this topic. You love this topic, and I fully understand why. Let's just say it like this. If that's the case, if they are going to get that type of a wide receiver, this is a damn good class to do it in. Wide receiver class is deep this year. And what's the one thing that's really eluded the Chargers offense when you look at their receivers? Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Exactly. Very nice segue there, Dan. (laughs) Speed. Speed is what Dan was getting at there. Very nice, Dan. Good job. Speed and essentially yak, yards after the catch. But speed really is, is a thing that this wide receiver group has been lacking for several, several years. And... There's about seven to eight good speed receivers. I know Dan has one of his favorites and spoiler alert uh, we will actually be interviewing one of Dan's favorites next week here on the show. so excited to finally dive into that. but yes, Dan, talking about speed talking about wide receivers, I have normally been of the proponent, especially with the this team's needs. You've heard me over the last several years that. No, I wouldn't be going wide receiver first round. I can tell you now that this is probably the first time that I have come around to where, again, circumstantial, of course, depending on who's on the board and what moves have been done on free agency. If you told me a guy like Trayvon Burks was available at seventeen, I wouldn't be mad at it in the Chargers taking him. That Woo! Uh, would getting me excited. If you told me that you had some speed in the third round or the or or day two in general, and looking at a Cal Austin or a Wondell Robinson, I wouldn't be mad at that either. So Sky Moore, yeah,
0: be sweet. there's a lot
1: of different options that you could look at. Um, so if you were to put it in the Tyreek Hill aspect. I mean, there's not a lot of people on the planet that are like Tyreek Hill, but to get it close to that, to get that type of speed receiver. Yes. I'll buy that.
0: Ooh, okay. And uh, so real quick, you mentioned, you mentioned Burks or a wide receiver at 17. And just so we're clear, Jake in the past has been adamantly opposed To wide receiver in the first round, adamantly, like he
1: would be pissed. Let me let me be clear about this. This was after this. My feelings towards this were after Mike Williams was drafted seventh overall by the Chargers several years ago.
0: Yeah, and honestly, and the reason why I am actually with you, and I would be totally fine with some wide receivers at seventeen. I'd be totally fine with a couple wide receivers at 17, uh, is because 17 is very different than seven, or top 10, or 13 when your left tackle is non-existent. Like, right now, you could, there's some dudes you can get a wide receiver. So at 17, you're arguably maybe getting, like, wide receiver one or two in this year's
1: draft. Mm-hmm. You, You could. Depending on how the dominoes fall and depending on how people have them ranked on their board. You could be getting your wide receiver one or two in this draft. However you want to look at it.
0: Sure. Uh, Who? Okay. Here's here's another one. It's a bonus one. Okay. What position is going to have the most draft picks allotted towards it? this year for the, chargers. for the chargers for the chargers
1: i mean that should be easy it should i mean it should be it should be interior defensive line um so, you th- so but again just i'm saying just the draft right you
0: think d tackle slash nose tackle is going to be where we get the most
1: draft picks mm-hmm. again all circumstantial but i mean you really need a lot of depth on the t line Again, uh, you know, we talked about Linval Joseph. We talked about Justin Jones being pending free agents. Uh, Christian Covington is also one as well. So you're telling me that you're going to, as of right now on paper, the only real impactful, and if you would call it that, impactful (laughs) interior defensive lineman that you have is Jerry Tillery. You better get to work. Yeah, Jerry Tillery, I mean... I, I mean, I I know, we, we, I know what we know what we love from Brandon Fahoko and Fahoko, Forrest, Forrest Merrill. Merrill. I, I get that, but man, you need a lot more work on that interior defensive line.
0: So you're going so, interior defensive line. I a part of me thinks it's going to be like something like corner slash safety stuff. I mean, because like look at look at how depleted that was. Yeah and how much that
1: impacted immediate losses. Yeah. Yeah. With Chris Harris being obviously a free agent, I don't think that he returns in 2022. Uh, I think that there's definitely going to be some work there that you need good depth in the secondary. You're going to need at least a CB3 to complete this group. Four, five. Well, yes. (laughs) At least a CB3 just to field out there with your starting unit. But yes, beyond that, four, five, six, seven, whatever you want to say. So... Yeah, uh, I'll give it to you. I'll say at least I'll I'll say at least two picks, two picks are, spent are spent on 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 the secondary. Where they're going to be spent, I have no idea. Does Tom Telesco trade up? Does he trade down? I have no idea. Once again, mm. but again, we're talking about eleven draft picks, and while a good handful of those are in the sixth and seventh rounds, uh, who knows what's going to be done here? But if we're just talking about fixing depth outside of you know day one and day two then yeah six and seven is where you're going to build out a lot of your special teams you found that this year found a key piece in mark webb who unfortunately didn't get to participate that much found nick neiman who became a key special teams cog so if you're going to build out your depth do it there but just make sure who you're getting is gonna be able to contribute that's all i'm gonna say
0: So, you know, as we as we round out this Tom Telesco episode, if you will, uh, you asked the question to me about like, is it more scared or is it more excited for this offseason?
1: Ask yourself that, Dan. Ask yourself that really. And when I say scared, I'm I'm obviously talking about the pending Kaiser White situation. Mm -hmm. I'm obviously talking about looking at his full body of work. I'm saying can you remember – I'm saying it in a circumstance where, where can you remember the last I, – I would probably say, probably say when he was drafted, Dan Feeney was a nice third-round pick to make, but that didn't end up panning out that well. The third round has been the kryptonite historically. Even uh, like Forrest Lamp. Forrest
0: Lamp was supposed to be –
1: Forest Lamp was at some point our first round pick dropped to the second. We were ecce- ecstatic about that. That didn't end up panning out for whatever reason, but you know, Joshua Palmer right now looks like that's not bad, not bad. But Dan, it's just like the third round scares the living crap out of every well, I, for charge reason. You know what it but, is, is I think last year,
0: was probably one of the first off seasons in that I can remember where the Chargers did pretty darn good in both free agency and the draft. Now, could they have? Did they need more? Sure, but their picks played out pretty good. You get Asante Samuel Jr., you get Rashawn Slater, and then the guys behind him, Chris Rumpf. It Nick was ne- a start. Yeah, it was a start. Like the like the draft was pretty good, and then. Free agency, you completely reboost your offensive line. Like, that's a win. That's a win. Now, have my, my we key seen... there is is
1: is you just have to build on that because. Right. Like, we have just... we
0: seen that happen two years in a row? That's no. where people get scared. No. And, and we could be hopeful. Problem. We can be hopeful. And yes, this is a new sense of urgency that we're feeling with this team. But does history show you that? the Chargers can go two for two in two years with off season success. Like history doesn't bode well. No, it does not. But you know, like Brandon Staley says, we're going to, what does he say? We're going to ride this thing to places it's never been before. (laughs) And like, you don't, you don't know. And I think that's the hardest part about this is the variable that like Brandon Staley and company and Justin Herbert, Just, like, they bring this new variable of, like, you got a chance with them. Or or at least a feeling of, like, yeah, but, like, they got that guy. Like, Brandon Staley isn't going to let Tom Telesco let go Kaiser White, is he? Like, there's no way. Like, you have that, if it was, like, Anthony Lynn or if it was, like, you know, I don't know, uh, Schottenheimer or Norv Turner or whatever, they would just be essentially... Sure, Mike McCoy. Yeah, let's go ahead. Do you okay, I'll figure it out. That's not Brandon Staley. Like I just don't see that happening. Now I don't know, man. If I would probably say honestly, I'm probably 50 If I had to if I had to bake a pie and the <laughs> ingredients that I had to offer were Either fear or excitement, it's probably 50
1: percent fear in that pie and 50 percent excitement. okay, here here's a bit of question. In the near hour that we've been talking about this, your first words that you said as far as going into this offseason, you were excited. Mm-hmm. In less than an hour, <laughs> how much has it gone from excitement to fear? Especially? Well, after talking to Jake Hefner <laughs> That's man, what I. <laughs> I could bring a comedy house down, man. I could, I could bring all the crickets and the bad moods out if I need to. Jeez. All
0: right, so I'm just, I'm just keeping it real, man. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm going I get off, it. I'm
1: going off history, dude. No, you're,
0: And honestly,
1: like you kind of put
0: I'm me. in Trying to because, read the
1: tea leaves the way they are.
0: Yes, and and I think that's important. Like you mentioned, cause just kind of like to keep it real, and, and like I think we try to. And I, I know sometimes both of us get caught up in the moment where you could be overly or dramatically pessimistic or i can be overly optimistic uh and, and i like, think that's just kind of who we are like that's not us being up front that's just what we are but i think it is good that we have each other and ourselves within the community here uh to
1: kind of keep
0: ourselves in check
1: yeah, can you <laughs> can you imagine if the chat room was live right now holy crap i can oh, only no. imagine the mute what button would people be live. would said right now <laughs> So Chatter will be on this, fire. We'll, have to, we'll news, have to bring this one back.
0: The, the good news, Jake, is we are one episode away from getting into arguably, or if not your favorite time of year. We get to start talking NFL draft prospects, Senior Bowl. Talk about it. And you're about to see more smiles out of Jake Hefner. <laughs> in the next couple months and you have seen in the last 10 because it is about to kick in the high gear with off season talks for all things NFL draft, free agency as well as I mean we got some <laughs> franchise tag stuff to figure out who's staying, who's going and by that point we'll probably find out who the next Super Bowl champion is like is in the AFC, is in the NFC. There's <laughs> okay, now I'm back to being excited, Jake. I'm so excited for what we have in store. We have so many fun episodes coming up. We're going to get to all of the positions going from, we're not talking quarterback in the NFL draft, which is nice. Uh, but pretty much every other position we can think of, we'll be talking about, as well as free agents, as well as some of the comments and questions and topics that you guys have. Uh, we'll be s- eliciting some of those from you too. Uh, Jake, anything else we you want to discuss with the good people before we head out of here?
1: Next several weeks are going to be wild, dude. It's going to be wild. We were deprived of a combine last year. I'm excited to finally get that back up and running. The East-West Shrine game this week, the guests that we already having, not one, but two of them that we will be having next week, which we're really excited to have for you guys, Uh, as Dan mentioned before. As the weeks go on and on, as we get closer through free agency and the NFL draft, we will be going through each one of our positional breakdowns, much like we did last year. That was a lot of fun. And they were a long episode, so bear with, because Dan and I don't pull any punches, and we're not just looking at the top-heavy guys at each one of the positions. We're literally looking at any possibility at any round. So we take as deep of a dive as you could possibly think into this. So if you can bear with us listening to our bullshit for the better part of an hour and a half, please do, because... (laughs) We'll be talking about it. I've got Jay. I was just looking at My draft prospects.
0: I've looked at and my inter-defensive line. I've got... How long's the
1: list right now? <laughs> I was
0: going to say, I've got 24 currently.
1: I was going to say, if you're not at least 10 deep, my friend, you're... I got
0: 24. Okay. And boy, boy, there are some options.
1: So, uh... I had to rework the board just a little bit to say I need to go back and watch film on X-Player just from some of the highlights today in Senior Bowl, for crying out loud. So that list is probably going to extend maybe about another eight for you by the time that we get done with all (laughs) this.
0: (laughs) Probably. But be on the lookout for folks watching or listening. We have some new things coming up, not just with some of the people that are coming on, but some of the new feature functionality things that we're going to try to do to make this show even better for you. Uh, but until next time, until that time, you can find Jake. His backwards hat, his beautiful, luscious beard at Jake T. Hefner on dude. Twitter. <laughs> you can find myself, my stupid laugh, at Chargers Homer on Twitter. Again, at LAC underscore unleashed. We are Chargers Unleashed. You'll talk to us next time as we get all into all things NFL draft prospects until next time. Have a great rest of the afternoon. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Charges unleashed. We out.